Are you struggling to hire diverse tech talent? After all, every organization in the world is now a tech company. And the ability to attract, hire, and retain tech talent from all backgrounds is critical to their success. Enter Hackajob, a reverse marketplace that actively vets engineers. We flip the traditional model on its head, meaning companies apply to engineers versus candidates applying to jobs, with companies getting an 85% response rate to candidates they reach out to, as well as exposure to tech talent that directly meets their organization's diversity objectives. Companies such as S&P Global, CarMax, and Sensor Tower are all using Hackajob. Why not join them? Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Go to hackajob.com slash cheese to get your free 30-day trial today. Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Oh, yeah. You, you want predictions? We got predictions and That's right. Tim Sackett to boot. What's up, everybody? This is the Chad and Cheese Podcast, and 2020 is almost fucking over. I'm yes. your co-host, Joel Crystal Ball Cheeseman. And I'm Chad Sakadama Sowash. <laughs> and on this week's show, you didn't steal my name. I we're had doing to. our annual predictions with our special guest, as always, Tim Sackett. Get comfy, people. The original predictor. You already know that Sovereign makes the world's best resume CV parser. But did you know that Sovereign also makes the world's best AI matching engine? Only Sovereign's AI matching engine goes beyond the buzzwords. With Sovereign, you control how the engine thinks. With every match, the Sovereign engine tells you what matched and exactly how each matching document was scored. And if you don't agree with the way it scored the matches, you can simply move some sliders to tell it to score the matches your way. No other engine on earth gives you that combination of insight and control. With Sovereign, matching isn't some frustrating black box, trust us, it's magic, one-shot deal like all the others. No. With Sovereign, matching is completely understandable, completely controllable, and actually kind of fun. Sovereign. Software so human, you'll want to take it to dinner. Hell yeah! Software so human, you'll wish you had it in 2020. You took, you took the sack of Domus, man. Tim's <laughs> never coming back. Never. I know. I was just thinking, like, you guys get, like, I have to do a takeover show sometime. If you guys ever went on vacation and didn't do, like, 250 shows a year, I could just come in and take my pants off and totally lay the wood to your show. That, that'd be uh, that'd be a high moral ground for our show. <laughs> yes. I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be hard to stand up to. Uh, so what'd you guys get for Christmas? What favorite gifts? Go. Ooh. I got an advent gin calendar. <laughs> an advent gin calendar. That's awesome. Yes. I love that. Last year I got an advent uh whiskey calendar, and that was one of my favorites. So awesome. Mm-hmm. You Joel? All right. I'm I'm totally going to emasculate myself, but I don't care. My favorite gift, I got a pair of yoga pants. I got a pair of UGG slippers. Oh my god. And they're, and they're fucking amazing. Like <laughs> lamb's wool, soft inside. Um they're like, you know, in Die Hard when uh Bruce Wills takes his shoes off and socks off and does little uh um 
fists with his toes because yeah. the guy says that's how you re- relieve stress. This is like that all the time. <laughs> like it's like little fingers massaging your feet. So my my UGG slippers are my favorite gift that I got. Oh year. my God, you're you're so and that's proper. how we're starting you're off so the proper. show, everybody. You know, I got uh, I got a couple sets of Beats earphones which is funny one is for running and the other were like the over the over the ear uh hopefully for this year we'll be able to use them on uh on travel uh during during trips i I wear my beats over the years when i'm curling uh pints into my mouth that's that's a good call i I like that exercise (laughs) and you can do that with an avid calendar sure Let's get this shit going because I know we've got a lot of opinions and we got a lot of predictions. So we're, we always re, we always recap. Oh yeah, one the the year prior. So <laughs> good God, have we ever no have one, we ever gotten one right? That's the question, right? I yeah, I, th- I think that uh, that's debatable. But yeah, this year this year I think we actually might have hit one or two. So <laughs> let's let's go into that for the first one. Tim in 2019, predicting for 2020, uh, said Indeed would cut UK organic traffic, and uh, I, I, did, I did check with I did oh. check with yeah I checked with uh, some of my friends over in the UK in the programmatic space, so on and so forth. That did not come true. So uh, sorry about that, Tim. So Joel then predicted Google for Jobs monetizes. That's a big buzzer. Yeah, that's a no. Uh, I'm so forward thinking, though. That's more like a 2024 <laughs> prediction. Oh, don't that's worry. We'll continue to use it over and over. <laughs> then my, my first prediction was multiple chatbot acquisitions. That did happen. Job Pal and Alan Co. Just to, just to name a couple. So, yes. Way to throw it out. Way to be out there on the edge. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's the only way you can get those is fishing with a net <laughs> instead of with a spear. And the rest of them get gobbled up this next year. Yeah. Uh, Tim then said end of human to human interviewing. Uh, hey, I think that's an applause. Right. It didn't happen. It, it was more pandemic, I think, than it was anything <laughs> else. Right. Oh, my God. Zach Adamas just he knew the pandemic was coming. Knew it. Then Joel said. Ronstad would sell Monster because <laughs> it could it couldn't find a buyer. <laughs> yeah, they couldn't. Yeah, that that was the only problem. I then said iSims acquires a programmatic vendor. They did a lot of acquisitions, but that was not they one did. of them. They did. Yeah, that might be a twenty twenty one. Tim said teamable. He was very specific that teamable yeah. would be acquired. That did not happen. I actually recommend them quite a bit to people. And I've yeah. had multiple people reach out and go, like, they're hard to get a hold of. Like, that's a, that's a, that's a bad business strategy. <laughs> Somebody might have want to bought them, but nobody, just, no one's picking up the phone. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. It, it, that really sucks, not just for acquisitions, but also just for the little thing we call revenue. Yeah. Maybe that's just a, a response on how bad the leads Tim gives them are. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe Tim's leads are a bunch of cheap asses who don't buy and just kick tires. So they're like, yeah. we don't want any more Tim leads. So so then Joel said that Recruit Holdings would buy ZipRecruiter. Did Ooh. not happen. Yeah. Ooh. And then I crowdsourced my last predictions overall. Tom Kenny said AI bites everyone in the ass. Black, and, and, and I think he gets an applause on this because we saw AI move 
the needle from black box uh, to more of a transparency model. De- Dennis Tupper was on board with Joel's prediction that didn't happen. Google for Jobs starts monetizing. Yeah. And then Richard Collins, believe it or not, I can't believe this didn't happen. He said a major job board goes bust. And this year, I guess we could probably say dice, but that we're not we weren't sure if that was a major job board or not. So that don't even even make the requirement. No, no one in Sweden no one in Sweden knows who they are. So it's really not <laughs> major job board. So that was last year. We got a couple of them, which is much better than we did the year before. Mm-hmm. We'll go ahead and and before we go to break and we get into this year's, Stephen Rothberg, who is Joel's favorite listener, he had a prediction that that <laughs> Love you, Stephen. in-person conferences would not come back into Q4 and they definitely would not come back at the size and strength that they were in 2019. Let's talk about that after the break. So his bold prediction is vaccine is released, but we still don't go, go, don't go to conferences. Yeah. All right. We'll be right back, everybody. Are you prepared to engage the wave of returning job seekers? Whether you're struggling to fill high volume hourly roles or looking for long-term full-time talent, your recruiting toolkit needs to be lean and mean as you adjust with fewer resources, tighter budgets, and rapid hiring needs in a saturated and competitive market. Posting jobs shouldn't be a lengthy, risky, or fruitless process. You can count on Job AdX to be your force maximizer. Automate the details of your programmatic job ad distribution, candidate targeting, and budget management so you can focus your energy on the big picture and human aspects of recruiting top talent. Reach relevant candidates effortlessly across 200 sites in the U.S. and Canada. Simply upload a feed of your jobs and set your budget in less than five minutes. We do the rest. Your Job Addux programmatic campaigns now reach the government job bank systems in over 30 states, giving you centralized access to the majority of active job seekers eager to get off of unemployment and get back to work. Make the next step forward and start your results-focused campaign now at JobAddX.com. That's J-O-B-A-D-X.com. Okay, so the first prediction comes from a listener, Stephen Rothberg. I, I would say probably our number one listener might be him. Wow. <laughs> not sure, not sure. Gauntlet of a competition. His prediction was: we will start to see the return of in-person conferences by Q4, but attendance will remain low due to the long lead time they require to plan and market. Everybody wants to get the hell out of the house. They want to go to conferences. The yep. vaccine is getting rolled out. Do we all believe that in Q4 conferences aren't just going to explode? Stephen doesn't believe that. What do you guys think? I'll let our special guests start. <laughs> no, I like. I think because. Because, you know, Sherm has already come out and said, hey, it's from National Chicago in June. That I mean, that's a, that's the biggest conference out there in our space. And they're they already said, like, hey, we're going to do it now. And we all have obviously multiple opinions on the Sherm leadership. The one thing that they've uh, been known is that I truly believe that they're going to try to pull this thing off. If they pull it off, you're just going to see everybody else. And we know that conference season starts in September. So that's Q3. So I would say that's, you know, we're, we're definitely going to see that happening come Q3. And now, will the numbers be as big? I don't think so, because I think a lot of people will stay home, but I still think they're going to start trying to do them. I think it's going to be a, a vendor sausage party is what it's going to be, because they're, yeah. they're going to be the only ones who are looking for leads. They're hungry for leads. 
everybody wants to get out. But the problem is I don't believe talent acquisition, or at least the, the, the people I've talked to, are even going to be budgeting for travel this year for conferences. Yeah. yeah. I think June is really early. Yeah. Yeah. Seems early. Setting them, themselves up for, for failure. I think the real test will be in the fall when HR Tech and Unleash in Paris and some of those uh, conferences happen. Yeah. I personally think that the the big ones will, you know, will survive and, and sort of probably thrive as we come out of this. I think my question will be, you know, the ERE's, the source cons, the TA Techs, the sort of the smaller ones where this is all they do is is are these conferences and, and they don't exist without the revenue from them. And I'm curious as to whether those smaller niche conferences will evolve into sort of the corporate conferences, which I think have been gaining in popularity for the last five, 10 years, right? Like everybody wants to go to LinkedIn's conference and yeah. now, it's, now it's more, I want to go to smart, uh, smart recruiters or I want to go to Jobvite or I want to go to uh, Smashfly or Symphony Talent. You know, they've been, they've gotten really good at the, at the sort of niche conference so I think the big ones come back in a big way. Um, I think they have the resources and power to do it. I think the corporate conferences gain in strength as we come out of this because they didn't rely on conferences for revenue. The real question for me is the the small niche standalone conferences like the source cons and, and those guys. Do we see consolidation in this space? Uh, you should. Yeah. I don't know what assets they have that the big guys don't. The, the lists are probably the same. I mean, this, the sales calls and who they're calling are the same. So I don't know. Well, I think uh, 2020 proved out too, like the virtual conference thing not, isn't necessarily, I mean, here's the hard part is it didn't, the people who put them on don't make money. The vendors I, I talked to actually like them because the number of attendees, the lead yes. generation mm -hmm. has been huge. Yeah. But the reality is, is you're not going to see those continue because the, the vendors weren't willing to pay the money as they were on the in-person stuff. Now yeah. if that changed over and they were like, Hey, for a 5,000 person list, I'll pay X. Then yeah. maybe yeah, that would work. But like, we were all in the same stuff. Like we saw that, like we were, we actually spoke at a lot of these virtual conferences and the numbers were giant, but nobody was paying anything to be there, attendee or vendor. I'd be curious. I'm sure the marketing people liked it, but I wonder how many sales guys and gals said, oh, these are really quality leads and I closed a lot of deals. Mm -hmm. Whereas I think the value of the face-to-face -face is you can build a little bit of relationship. You can you know, buy drinks and, and, and meals, which you can't do via you know email marketing. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I think that any of these conference companies who understand, obviously there's a huge difference between in-person and the online, the virtual, but mm -hmm. there, there is that lead generation piece that, that Tim talked about. If we're not just doing PowerPoints and just the same old bullshit, we're actually providing premium content, mm -hmm. those guys will win. So I think Jamie and the Wreckfest crew over there, yeah. those guys actually put out awesome premier content and they were, they were, experimenting with things yeah. where other conferences, they, they weren't as much, they were just trying to keep it as, you know, same as it ever was. And that will not get you what the, the, uh, the actual sponsors, the vendors need. Thanks for your, your prediction, Steven. Go on, Steven. Good one. We love that. So let's get into our 
predictions. Let's get into Tim's predictions. It's a sack of Thomas <laughs> everybody, That deserves the bell, in my opinion. Sack of Thomas. Sack of Thomas, man. What you got? Start us off. Yeah, so my first one is is about SAP and, and their need to acquire someone in the talent acquisition space. And when I say someone, it's not just a chatbot. It's something bigger than that. So it's like a greenhouse, a smart recruiter, an avature, a job by a lever, an eightfold. Luxo might be the cheapest one they could go out and get. But I was on a workday call and Anil was answering a bunch of questions and he pretty much just laid out like, hey, it's us in Oracle. SAP is so far back. We don't even really consider them competition any longer. And so I think they're going to have to do some acquisition stuff to kind of catch up into that space. Otherwise, you know, Workday and Oracle are just eating their lunch at this point. If you held the keys to the car, who would you acquire or who would be the smartest acquisition for them? I like the greenhouse. Yeah, I like that. Well, except except they're so, you know, leveraged with with money that it, it becomes super expensive to, to mm-hmm. get to buy them. Yeah. Avature is still private. So I think you could actually get the most bang for your buck out of them. And, and their tech is actually really, really good. Jobvite is already private equity. So the, we probably could make that deal happen. Lever, you could probably get on the cheap. Mm-hmm. I, again, yeah. I love smart recruiters. I think they're a really good tech as well. I, you know, I just don't know if, if, if they want to be acquired. I like the eightfold too. That's yeah. Eightfold could be, could really do well. And again, I mean, Luxo is same tech as eightfold, but it probably a cheaper price point. So again, if they were smart, they would go that way. I would say same on premise, but not same on scale and power. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I mean, but again, I, you know, it just depends on what SAP has from a, from a, a, a standpoint of how much money they want to spend and what they want to turn into. Again, yeah. I would also go if if they didn't have already acquired well back in the day success factors. You know, Cornerstone would be a great acquisition for for e- any of those. Really, mm-hmm. I mean, Workday could really use Cornerstone on their learning side. But you know, now this to me is 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 interesting because you just mentioned in December of 2011, SAP acquired success factors for 3.4 billion dollars. Okay. And they could have, if they focused, they could have been up with the oracles today if they wanted to, if they actually focused on this segment of the business, but they didn't. They let it atrophy. Yep. At that point, Oracle Oracle acquired Taleo in 2012. IBM acquired Brass Ring and Conexa in 2012. Do you think this will trigger that same kind of domino effect for some of those bigger players? Well, I mean, it could. I just don't think Oracle or Work or Workday have any desire to go out and make big acquisition around their their core HR talent suites. I just, mm-hmm. I mean, I think they feel good. Oracle Recruit Cloud is a good product. Workday clearly is is confident in what they what they have, and I think they're more kind of interested in building out the partnership network at this point. SAP, they they just have some real like needs, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, success factors just they never put the time and money into actually making and, no. and continuing to you know continue to kind of raise their game. Yeah. And so at this point now they're like, well, either we totally rebuild success factors from the ground up, or we just go purchase somebody and make it work better than what you know what we can do. So yeah, agreed. I mean, that's what happens when you spend a shit ton of cash. And we saw we've seen this with Monster with all the products that they bought and they threw in the closet and they didn't pay any attention to. That's what happens when you just allow the car to sit in the driveway and rust away. Sacadamus has spoken, everybody. Yeah. All right, now it's my turn. Do all I right. get a commission fee on this, by the way? Come on, all you, everyone that got mentioned, I, I give me something. Bottle of gin, 
My prediction is no. How about that? That's fine. <laughs> my prediction. Uh, this is probably a little bit further down the road, but what the hell? I'll go ahead and predict it for next year. I think that Airbnb launches Airbnb Work. Knee jerk would be okay. This is like a WeWork thing. So WeWork uh, was on onto something with with what their business was. Obviously, it was a train wreck um, in a lot of different ways. Where I think that they probably overextended themselves was that they were actually buying the properties or, or leasing the properties mm-hmm. that they were then turning around into workspaces. I think what Airbnb is going to do is look at all this commercial real estate, all these owners that have leases that are are going defunct or people that are are just going away and fig- they're, they're going to try to figure out how do I lease this space? How do I get butts in seats? How do I uh, you know get money in the door? And I think Airbnb is going to create leverage their platform for these commercial real estate vendors to create even if it, even if it's just desk by desk or workspace or conference room for people to be able to go and just basically rent, you know, for the day, for a couple hours, whatever, to leverage Airbnb's technology to go in and and leverage this commercial real estate that's going to be just not in use from the pandemic and they're going to make that work. Um, and then I think that companies will then buy credits for their employees or their contract workers to then leverage Airbnb to go into the office for a day or or whenever they want to and use those credits accordingly. So my prediction, number one for next year, is that Airbnb work uh, is launched and that's that's what it is. I like that. It's actually two predictions in one though, because you're also then predicting that this remote work thing is going to continue and companies aren't going to want their people to come back, which I think is complete bullshit, right? I think what we're going to see is like bad business results in Q1, Q2, and that these CEOs are going to stand up and go, hey, remote work failed. Get your asses back to work and uh, let's get some shit done. So, so, so a couple of things. One, I think a lot of companies will be like that, but I think some companies won't want to, you know, pay for the real estate that they're paying and every everything that comes with that. But you could also say, hey, we're going to give you X amount of, you know, Airbnb credits, and you need to use them. You need yeah. to be in the office. So there is a way that you could sort of be on both sides of that coin and say, like, hey, we're going to be virtual, but we are going to require you to be in the office and be amongst uh, each other for a certain period of time. Okay. So they're, they're not actually, they're not p- putting up the overhead. No. They're not buying these commercial spaces. They're giving the people who own them and need to fill them yep. a, an easier way to fill those spots through technology. And Airbnb obviously has the best technology as well as the best brand yeah. to get that done. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a WeWork model without, without owning the real estate. So it's, yep. it makes sense. Without any yep. long-term yeah. leases by the, yeah, by the folks that, or the mm-hmm. company. So yeah, I think, I think it's a no brainer really. I, I think, I think it sounds smart for anybody who doesn't understand Airbnb's mission. Cause this is not Airbnb's mission. Airbnb's mission is belong anywhere. And they want to be able to ensure that they actually drive people into spaces where they feel like they, they belong. So I like the idea with regard to being able to do this in other people's home, just like they have Airbnb now. But being able to go into a corporate structure, I don't think that aligns with their mission. And then they yeah. just become, again, another we work. So I, I like the idea. I just don't think this is an Airbnb idea because it doesn't align with their mission. And they've been very solid in disciplined with their mission. Well, as a public company, their new mission is to make shareholders happy. So we'll see if they <laughs> stick to, to that to that warm and fuzzy. Imagine an old white man saying that. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, Chad, you're up, buddy. Oh, you're going to love this one. Okay, kids. Now, I, I actually I actually did some some coordination and some crowdsourcing for all of mine. So this one was sent in f- from Dennis Tupper. And his prediction, which I believe, is Glassdoor is going to take a dirt nap. So all signs point to the demise of Glassdoor. Revenues are down. Their best revenue stream jobs has been handed over to indeed Mm -hmm. and indeed has more reviews and will take over the reviews mantle as well so i think what we're seeing is indeed strangling Mm -hmm. glass door with the pandemic happening they've automatically started that atrophy not to mention they don't have that revenue source that they had before so overall the glass door brand dies in 2021 so is the prediction that if I go to glassdoor.com, I just get redirected to Indeed? Like there's no Glassdoor branding whatsoever. Kind of like the Simply Hired model. Yeah, the Simply Hired or what they did with Workopolis. Mm-hmm. But to totally deep six the Glassdoor brand, I think, yeah. I think is a stretch. Hey, do we do we know how much they paid for Glassdoor? $1.6 billion, something like that. Now, do you think you could sell that to like a LinkedIn or a Microsoft or somebody like that that would say, hey, there's so much value in that brand. We think we could actually keep it as the Yelp of jobs and and still create because of because of that traffic is that worth no. two billion or whatever. They wouldn't because the, the traffic that's being driven there now is hitting indeed jobs, right? So it's it's yeah. masked right now. It's, it's instead of having glass door yeah, instead of having glass door jobs, they have indeed jobs in there. The only thing I think right now that is worth anything or, or the actual reviews pieces. And that's what's driving a lot of that traffic, right? So it's kind of like you can't you can't rip one away from the other. So they've got to come together. I think it, it would stay. If it did, they would do a, a simply hired model like Joel was talking about. Mm-hmm. But overall, why have so many fucking brands? Get rid of that shit. Own it yourself. Well, the other addiction that Indeed has is organic search traffic. And Glassdoor is still... Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a cash cow, if you will, of yeah. organic traffic. Even simply hired is still, I think, mm-hmm. a cash cow of, of free traffic. So that's that would be hard for them to say goodbye to as well. And those reviews are nice, juicy content for search engine. They are juicy. They are juicy. All right, let's go to round two of predictions. I'm leading off this round. I believe that we're going to see an incredible amount of, of investment, acquisitions, consolidations happen. The LaRock meter in terms of dollars that come into the space um, are going to blow up as we start to re-employ people um, and get people back to work. But I wanted to to throw out three specific acquisitions. Again, again, Tim, I'm getting greedy. I'm putting like multiple yeah. predictions into a prediction. But fuck <laughs> it. It's, it's, He's it's, casting it's, the net wide. <laughs> This is my podcast, <laughs> goddammit. So so number one, I think I think Seek out of Australia acquires Talk Push and Vervo. Uh, they're already a, an in, uh, investor in Vervo, and they've just partnered with both of them. I think that in, that acquisition would be very smart for them, and I think it happens next year. I think the other thing that happens is that Dice goes private. We've talked a lot about Dice on the show. Their stock price has virtually done nothing um, since our our boy Art Zeal took over. I think they're going to be continually just stuck in the in the quicksand. And the only way to sort of get out of it, they should go private. They should probably get private equity to come in, fix the company. If they go private, I think they can start making bigger bets around tech community testing that we're seeing. Frankly, they're getting lapped by so many other uh, startups that are out there that are helping companies uh, employ engineers. 
And be- because I predicted that Recruit would acquire Zip uh, last year, I'll just go ahead and, and re-predict that. So the spin on this is the word is uh, the word is that Zip is going to go IPO yeah. in 2021, which they definitely have to have a liquidation event because of all the money they've taken. So you think that was bait? So I think they're going to pull a, a glass door. I think they're going to pull one of these like we're going public to get a price for what the public or the market thinks that their value is. And then they're going to take that to recruit and say, hey, recruit, for this price tag, you can create a, a triple-headed monster against Google, uh, Google for Jobs, and Indeed, Glassdoor, and ZipRecruiter. <laughs> Where do you guys think the, the valuation is going to land on Zip for the IPO, ultimately? They want three to five billion. Yeah. Glassdoor is the number two player. Uh, and they got 1.6. So they're basically asking for double plus uh, as the number three player uh, versus the number two players. The other the other challenge that Zip has is that, you know, according to Yelp, 100,000 plus small businesses have tanked in the last yeah. year, right? So the, those small businesses were Zip recruiters, you know, bread and butter, and now they're going to have to make up whatever that revenue was. Yeah, depending on when they depending on when that IPO hits, I can I still think that they'll be valued more than what we think. It's just been an, an insane yeah. you know world over the last you know 12 14 months how would you spin it would you spin it as an ai there's part of its programmatic built in right so there's i mean there's a little martech you know involved from that but god i don't like again you know they're kind of next generation job board so it's difficult to kind of say how you would spin that but i agree i mean joe they are what they are right so it's yeah. hard to it's hard Is to hide it a that. stock that you would buy? I mean, if I could get in on the IPO price, I would probably buy it. <laughs> <laughs> way, to, way to dance around that one, Tim. Nice job. Nice job. If Seek wants to be more than an Australian Indeed, they, they need an acquisition like TalkPush and Vervo. That brings tech to them that Indeed doesn't even have. Yeah. Dice in itself is dead no matter what. Art has made sure that they are going to die a, a very slow and stupid death. Uh, and Zip's going to go IPO just because, again, I think the valuation is high. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that indeed in many, I think, uh, recruit properties could use the type of tech that Zip has, but I don't think they'll buy it. I don't. So I think they'll end up going IPO. And is that a stock you would buy, Chad? No. I wouldn't buy it either. <laughs> <laughs> I could get pre-IPO prices, yes. Which, you're, you're Tim Sackett, so that is a possibility. All right, Chad, you're up, man. All right. Okay, so this was actually uh, inspired by Angela Hood and Richard Collins. Uh, it's not their prediction, just inspired by. I am going to predict that black box AI and facial recognition will be, quote unquote, outlawed in 2021 to provide guardrails to drive hiring companies and vendors out of their wild, wild west patterns of discriminatory hiring behaviors. Companies will be able to explain their algorithms and defend hiring decisions while ensuring biased tech and humans aren't provided with more tools that will make them more fucking biased. So we saw what happened with Illinois and facial recognition with HireVue, right? And I think that Companies are definitely going to have, and we've, we've seen it this year, many of the AI companies who actually said, were saying, well, the algorithm is just way too complex for humans to understand. Well, this year, we didn't get that excuse anymore. It was more that they were trying to move to something that was more explainable. I think companies are going to move that way, but there's going to be the, the, the big Senate leaders 
the Elizabeth Warrens and whatnot of the world are going to go after this really hard because the bias yeah. is very high. And th- there are a lot of lawyers just foaming at the mouth for Ready. a class action lawsuit against everybody. Uh, and we saw, you know, the, so Facebook, you know, Facebook, I think they were, ch- what, what, what were they fined? 500 million? Yeah, not a lot I mean, for that. something, right? Like yeah. it was, it was something out of Zuckerberg's couch cushions, right? Mm-hmm. Like, but, but when they start going after, you know, mid-sized companies that yeah. will be out of business uh, with such lawsuits, you're going to see companies just not do it. And I think that facial recognition and that shit, uh, that's, they're going to come to roost pretty quickly on that. And I think the antitrust lawsuits that are coming to fruition in 2021 are going to like pull off the veil of what these companies are doing in terms of facial recognition and the public's going to get scared. And like Chad said, Congress is going to act and, uh, that's it's yeah the the whole facial recognition thing is is interesting it'll play out next year probably so does that have an impact on because so right now you have Amazon Walmart two largest employers in the world mm-hmm. yep. pretty for the most part hiring without interview right um, using technology at different different levels in the low skill no skill arena yeah that's easy though well but but like I think they're constantly trying to figure out how do we increase the quality of hire in that same kind of process of a no touch kind of interview or not interview, but no, no touch selection process. Yeah. So you would think that they have a stronger desire to continue even, even deeper into that. Hey, how do we, how do we screen, you know, individuals in a really robust way versus the other side? I hate that when our government tries to, um, uh, put legislature around technology because you have you know ancient old fucking dinosaurs out there that have no oh, yeah. they, they can't even use their iPhone let alone figure out what the hell an algorithm is to try to you know put a law around that like that's just the worst oh yeah well if you read the if you read the Illinois uh, legislation it was it was like a kindergartner fucking did it but the problem is that it's the wild wild west out there and we are For not sure we're not actually putting those guardrails in place ourselves, right? So unless we start to demonstrate that that's going to happen and we, we won't, they're, they're just going to go ahead and come at it and do it, do it anyway. So that's, that's the hard part. And when it comes to Walmart, the turn and burn that they have for those low, those low wage positions in the first place, they don't care. I mean, they really don't care. So specifically, do you think being able to interview uh, on video and being able to see, you know, facial things about I'm lying or like you think that will be outlawed or oh, yeah. companies will have to get specific uh, sort of approval to use that tech before they even start talking to a candidate. Well, okay. So let's just talk about the, like the, the touchless recruiting all the way, like Tim was just talk, talking about mm-hmm. all the way to hire. There's yeah. going to have to be an explainability factor there. Why were these five people hired and not these 25 over here, right? So there's got to be some type of explainability so that you can defend. And that's what it's all about because in, in enforcement in this in- administration is going to look much different than it did the last four years. Yeah. Yeah. So overall, it's going to have to be something that you can explain. It's going to have to be something that's easy. So I suggest if you are a company, any company, and you're doing any type of high volume hiring, any type of hiring at all, if you don't know what your algorithm's doing, you can't explain it. You can't go in and say why these five people made it to interview and the rest of them didn't, then that vendor does not deserve your dollar because they didn't train you well in the first place or the tech just doesn't do it. Enough said. 
Tim, you're up. I am. All right. Um, <laughs> there's only three of us, right? That's one. Yeah, yeah. That's I, true. So my second prediction is that right now we know we have a lot of private or even publicly held organizations, employers, going out and making orders for vaccines to make sure that their employees can get the vaccine yeah. when you know the timeline works, whatever. I have a feeling that we're going to see organizations are going to dole out the vaccine based on performance. High performers, we need you to make sure you get the vaccine so we can keep you working. If you're some, you know, dead man walking, you know, in the bottom 10%. Good choice of words. We're going to wait. We're going to wait to first see if you just die from the, you know, the virus or at the least, you know, wait until you get the vaccine at the end. But I think we're going to see some weird stuff happening with employers and vaccines and who gets that because you can like at first you go, oh, well, if I'm an employer of a thousand people, I bought a thousand vaccines for my employees. You go, okay, the executives are going to get theirs first and then all the way down. I think you're going to see a lot of organizations really struggle with how do we dole out the vaccines yeah. <laughs> and, and, how, and how do we do this and not going, well, we have Sheila over here. She's old. And then Timmy, he's fat. So let's give them, they're not, I mean, they're, they're not going to want to do that kind of thing. So they're going to go, oh, well, how do we do this? Performance, <laughs> baby. Yeah, I think they're going to I think they're going to have to. I think they're going to have to take a look at the uh the government guidelines on how they're rolling it out and they're going to have to adopt those. But either way, we can all sit back, pop some corn and watch like it's Fight Club uh, Monday morning at the office. All right, whoever beats over who, you get your vaccine first. Let's go. It's going to be a legal shit show, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah, holy holy lawsuit Batman. I mean, oh, for sure. If companies dole out vaccines based on performance or potential, I mean, oh, they're going to yes. get their shit. So they, Joel, if we can think about it, they're going to do it. That's we, yeah, we know it's going to happen. <laughs> they can't make it public. If you're, instead of your 15% bonus, I would give you the bonus or we can give you the vaccine. Which one would you like? No, they'll, they'll make it look like a lottery. <laughs> I love the lottery idea. That's awesome. Because you, like you can totally, like I can be in my like, HR office going, okay, I just picked Joel. Joel, come on down. You're the next one up. <laughs> the constitutionality of employers requiring people to have the vaccine will be another lawsuit yeah. thing waiting to happen. It's going to get yeah. get ugly. The government will get behind that one, though. Yeah, probably. Yeah. All right, let's take a break. And uh, when we come back, our final predictions. Oh, yeah. Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions. And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the Chad and Cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman, I'm talking about TextKernel. Ah, okay, that makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, yeah, simplicity. <laughs> Seriously, though, seriously, text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways, text kernel brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. Text kernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. Text kernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey. Kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh, my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data? I mean, that that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs. Automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of 
human resources. Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, okay, listener, get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit textkernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Mmm, nachos. <laughs> Jobvite, the leading end-to-end talent acquisition suite. Named a leader in ATS, recruitment marketing, CRM, and onboarding on G2. Kim B says Jobvite is a user-friendly, passionate enterprise team that takes care of you. Jolly good. Jeffrey R says candidates are constantly telling us we get it right compared to other orgs. Love that. Results driven by AI. Connections built by humans. Jobvite. Learn how you can evolve your TA function at jobvite.com. All right. Last one. Love it. Chad. All right. So this one comes from an anonymous listener. Wait a minute. Chad, before you start, can we just say, Joel, like, for, for Christ's sakes, Chad doesn't do any work for this. He just went out <laughs> and stole the ideas from everybody else. I didn't steal them. I'm giving them props. I just I just want people to know when, when Chad gets on me about I nap too much or mm-hmm. I'm lazy. Like Just remember shows like this where Chad just outsources all of exactly. all the ideas. Just because yeah. I'm smart, smarter than both of you doesn't <laughs> make me wrong. Okay? Thanks for bringing that up, Tim. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, Chad, what does your network say for 2021? <laughs> so I had to make sure that everybody understood that this one is not for me, but I did like it. Uh, Microsoft acquires iSIMS to understand their true potential Hell in yeah. the recruitment space. Uh, Microsoft doesn't have the expertise to understand the attraction or recruitment space. It needs a global team and tech that can lead the initiative. So I- iSIM's dipping, they, they started dipping their toe into the global waters with the acquisition of opening.io, added a very small non-US footprint, but massive power to their system. And then about two months ago, they landed a big deal with I- Easy Recruit, a power player in the EU video interviewing space. So I believe the tech time and the team is right for this acquisition in the next six to nine months. I, I, I don't, I actually like that because I had one of mine, because we got, we kind of go back and forth, right? And I had like a list right. of like seven. And one of my, one of that I didn't write down was LinkedIn's going to acquire. And to me, it was like a big, like they could finally get a full ATS like in involved in LinkedIn because yeah. they're so. Because if you think about the TA world in general, we're we're just so drunk on LinkedIn, we can't even stand ourselves anymore, and that's just continues. But like the thing we need then is a full blown ATS built into yeah. LinkedIn, which they don't have. So they, I, the ISIMS acquisition makes sense. Yeah, we talk about this on the show, and and I agree. I, I think the only thing that that is a hang up is the LinkedIn buffer. And LinkedIn did launch an ATS a few years ago. No one, I guess, noticed. So the the question will be: Okay, do we drop you know X billion on an ATS, or do we build it in house? And I think that could be the only hiccup. But for sure, LinkedIn, what they're missing is what Tim and what you guys say is, is a full-blown sort of ATS. And if they did have that, you know, watch out because then yeah. they've got about everything, right? Then you bring in all the fucking Microsoft shit. Yeah, that would fuck things up though. <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't LinkedIn just buy ZipRecruiter too, you know? <laughs> or Dice. They could start <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> Get a twofer with Monster. Monster yeah. and Dice. Why won't they have a Groupon for that, I think, running right now. <laughs> Uh, 
All right, we all agree on that one. Uh, so, all right, so it's my turn. Uh, so, speaking of big, big gorillas, uh, one of the big news items of 2020 was Salesforce acquiring Slack. The more I think about this, the more I, I really like it. Um, and I, I really kind of think that Slack will be the main brand of the company in five years. And I think that when you look at you know who bought Slack, being Salesforce. There's a lot of history there of of Mark Benioff, the the founder and CEO of of Salesforce, being at odds with both Microsoft and Google. And I think his sort of secret underlying ambition is to kick both of those companies in the nuts. And I think in a, a company like Slack, he really has the the engine to do that. And I think that one of the big moves and something I, I think Slack should do is create basically Slack profiles, similar to your, your LinkedIn profile or what might have been a Google Plus profile or a Twitter profile, like you'll have a Slack profile. And that messaging platform will follow you to any job that you have, any any project that you get into. It'll be a personal messaging device as well. Um, so in one fell swoop, Benioff will be able to create a LinkedIn competitor as well as a Gmail competitor. Did you guys see the Slack shoes that Colhan um, produced this year? <laughs> no. Seriously. So Colhan actually had four versions of Slack shoes. So like if you're like a either worked for Slack or if you just were like head over heels in love with Slack, you could have your own Slack shoes. That was going to be one of my predictions was going to be Apple was going to release shoes because I would definitely have Apple shoes to go with my <laughs> Apple car, my Apple watch, my Apple dildo, like everything, you know. The Apple car is coming. So. Oh, for sure. Wait, I can't yeah, wait. All right. Apple, Apple dildo. Is there something you want to expand <laughs> upon? Them? No, I, just, I mean, any, anything Apple sells. So like, we just keep, you know, keep producing it. Right. The songs that has a Bluetooth uh, available to it. That's fine. But Joel, don't you, don't you discount Microsoft teams it, um, because people are so addicted to email teams is yeah. in there. They could, they could do the same profile. I just think they have a hard time disrupting Slack does because teams came out so hard because of the pandemic. Well, and, and Salesforce, Salesforce doesn't give a shit about recruitment. Now, the Gmail piece, yes, I, I get that. Do they want to disrupt LinkedIn? I don't think they give a shit. I think they are more focused on teams than they are a- anything when it comes to LinkedIn. Well, I think there's an immense value in a directory of people or being a, a network yeah. of some sort. And so I, sure. I don't necessarily think job postings or recruiter you know, accounts, but I think that they'll, they'll create some sort of a network. I do like the transferable profile piece. Like it's the one thing, you know, and then also, you know, I'm a, I use both, right? So I'm a Teams on Slack user that you can do your entire world in Slack, whether it's it's work, it's um, I have like a hobby or whatever, like, yeah. you know, conference stuff. It could all be yeah. in one place and Teams hasn't truly really figured that out yet. Yeah. And the app, the app infrastructure there is something that email has never really done. There aren't a lot of cool sort of email applications that people are using and Slack is sort of tapped into that and i think they could leverage that going forward oh whatever dude my bitmoji's right in oh (laughs) Oh, bitmoji all right tim close us out last one uh, in 2021 we're gonna see um a large enterprise company actually give their employees the option of getting paid in bitcoin now We've seen um, employers at a very large level um, allow people to say, hey, we're going to do a one-time spot bonus, or you can take that in Bitcoin, but we haven't seen full payroll go Bitcoin yet. And I, I have a feeling that, uh, you know, based on the just, I think how Bitcoin has become like the cryptocurrency, it's actually, you know, from a, a financial standpoint, 
you know, just gained so much more respect over this last 2020 mm-hmm. that we're going to see Bitcoin become the currency of payroll in some large enterprise. And I, if I had to guess, it's either going to be Uber or Tesla. I think I think Tesla might as well just go ahead and start printing their own money with Elon's face on it because that'll be e- an easier <laughs> sell than Bitcoin. So I think if you just you're saying your salary will be in Bitcoin. Yeah. Okay. So, so I think that the challenge of that is the, I guess one part is the mainstream of that. The second one is, you know, to, to use Bitcoin and I'm no crypto expert, but as I understand it, to use Bitcoin to buy stuff is super challenging. Do people want to be paid in Bitcoin? I don't know. Will they want an annual bonus in Bitcoin? That seems interesting. I think the more feasible option will be, Hey, as part of our 401k program, you know, one of the funds you can invest in is Bitcoin. Yeah, that's bold. That's what we do on this show. This year has been bold predictions, I have to say. And in 2021, after the year we've had, why not make some bold ass predictions? And that's Mm -hmm. what we did. My friends, happy new year. Happy new year. Year. I do hope that we we do some face-to-face drinking time in 2021. That's a prediction that I hope we can all agree on. It's God, please. Going to make it. And get that shot in my arm as soon as possible. (laughs) in this line you're not in the high performers so i don't know if you'll get it <laughs> I, told, I told i told my wife my wife i'm going to volunteer to give shots to people just so i can get it and she's like you don't you couldn't even give a shot without passing out and i'm like well they'd have to give me mine first you know <laughs> and with that tim lead us out with a we out we out we out thank you for listening to what's it called the podcast the chat the cheese brilliant They talk about recruiting, they talk about technology, but most of all, they talk about nothing. Just a lot of shout-outs of people you don't even know, and yet you're listening. It's incredible. And not one word about cheese. Not one. Cheddar. Blue. Nacho. Pepper Jack. Swiss. So many cheeses, and not one word. So weird. Anywho... Be sure to subscribe today on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. That way, you won't miss an episode. And while you're at it, visit www.chatcheese.com. Just don't expect to find any recipes for grilled cheese. It's so weird. We out! You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.